Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Building Three Pillars. I am your host, John Waters. So today's podcast is pretty special. We have a guest. Her name is Michelle Gibson. She's not only a mentor of mine, but she's family and she's a very, very great coach. She has this unstoppable movement that she's behind and she's doing wonderful things. And she couldn't have gotten there without her ability to modify and adjust habits of not only her own, but of others. All right, so she's going to give us some tips on how to be successful in terms of implementing new things into our lives that can help us reach that next level. Hope you guys enjoy it. Building Three Pillars. I am your host, John Waters. So today's podcast is pretty special. We have a guest. Her name is Michelle Gibson. She's not only a mentor of mine, but she's family and she's a very, very great coach. She has this unstoppable movement that she's behind and she's doing wonderful things. And she couldn't have gotten there without her ability to modify and adjust habits of not only her own, but of others. All right, so she's going to give us some tips on how to be successful in terms of implementing new things into our lives that can help us reach that next level. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of our Thursday edition Q&A. All right, I'm your host, John Waters. So now we're going to be joined by Michelle Gibson. All right, so this woman is incredible. All right, very, very incredible. Um, as I mentioned before, she was the, uh, you know, the kickstart, if you want to call it that, for the idea of Three Pillars being formed. All right, so, I mean, I was in a completely different headspace at that point in time. I was trying to figure out which way to go, what it is I wanted to do. And I just knew I wasn't happy where I was and I knew something needed to change. And I'm just extremely blessed and fortunate to have her in my life. You know, it's not only a resource, but also as a family member. All right. So um, we're going to give her a couple minutes to actually get situated. She's not actually um, back here yet. I know she has some other things going on and it was going to be really cutting it close in terms of her schedule working out with mine. All right. So, again, in the meantime, I'll just give a little bit more background information about, you know, her and my relationship with her. So she's actually my aunt. All right. She's definitely my aunt. So um, I don't know if motivation is something that can be, you know, genetically passed down, but definitely got some of the same juice she got. But hers is just on a whole different level. Like if she's 90 proof, I'm about, you know, 60. Like she's up there, man. So um, if you guys enjoy her online, is 10 times better in real life, 10 times better in real life. All right. So, yeah, that's just been my experience with her and just her walking into the room changes the whole atmosphere. So I'm extremely excited. And so I don't mind being patient and waiting and giving her the opportunity to actually uh, log in and get situated. Uh, so I have to give the usual disclaimer. If you guys are tuning in from, well, I only presented it to the Facebook group, but if you didn't give StreamYard permission, I won't be able to see your name if you leave a comment. It'll pop up as Facebook user. And sometimes StreamYard is just strange and it won't even show me your name if you do give it permission. Yeah, but I will go back afterwards um, once I leave out of this program and go back and hit on everyone's comment and make sure I give you guys, you know, the right amount of attention because I definitely appreciate you giving me yours. All right, we're still waiting. <laughs> Um, so there is a little bit of a time difference. She's in Tennessee. I think she's in Tennessee. Um, I know she has some other things going on this week. So again, like I said, uh, we're just really trying to make this work. We'll continue to wait though. And I appreciate you guys being patient. Today's topic is going to be about, you know, being purposefully driven. 
And I know I did a podcast on that probably early on, like late last year, if I had to guess, somewhere around that time frame. And I gave my two cents on that, you know, and I was just speaking from my experience and how important having an actual purpose has been in pulling me in the direction that I wish to go. And my computer's doing some kind of crazy stuff right now. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, if you haven't given StreamYard permission, I won't be able to see your comments. Um, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. If you are watching this live, please feel free to drop down in the comments right now. Let me know you're here. You know, a simple hello would do just fine. Good evening, Facebook user. <laughs> but yeah, so still waiting, still waiting, still waiting. Um but it'll definitely be worth the wait. So like I said, I'm more than willing to be patient. If you see me looking down, I'm just simply checking to see if I've gotten any messages from her. Hey, Facebook user. <laughs> All right, awesome, awesome. Thank you guys so much for, you know, let me know you're there. I appreciate it. Let's see what we got. I think it's just Facebook. Let me know that you guys are commenting. All right. So, yeah, we're still waiting. So, again, the topic was going to be about being purposely driven. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to steal her thunder nor go too far. But I'm not really sure what the outcome of this is going to be, seeing as she may or may not be caught up doing whatever it is she's doing. Um, she has a website. I'll go ahead and pull it up for you guys. And since we have a few minutes, if you want to go ahead and pop that open in one of your tabs and go back to it at the end, please feel free. So I've definitely been, you know, scoping it out, going and checking it out. And the reviews that I read don't lie. Like I said, when I was at the beginning stages of everything, I mean, Three Pillars wasn't even a thought. It was before I actually did the handwritten drawing of what Three Pillars could be. Like it was well before that. It was just something being whispered in my ears. You know what I mean? And when I hit my uh, rough, my rougher patch, let's call it a rougher patch. I was fortunate enough to have that memory to reflect on. And I just remember sitting there like, oh, shoot, let me go pull up my notes that I did with Aunt Michelle. And I pulled it up. I just started, you know, concentrating on it and trying to really figure out what it is I wanted to do. And not only what I could do, but how I could be useful. Because when it's all said and done, I mean, I believe we live to serve. And so I was trying to figure out how can I put myself in the best position to be valuable to other people. And that's how I went about finding my purpose and figuring out what gifts and talents I had that could be useful to others. All right. So personal training is just the outlet that I found to be most readily available to me since it was already something I had been trained on. But I just did a little bit of reflecting, thinking about, you know, my time in the Marine Corps and my time before that, you know, and all the different times I've been engaged with other people, I gauged where I felt the most alive, where I felt I had the most strength, where I felt I was able to provide the most value. And it wasn't really, you know, at the places I thought it would be. It wasn't when I was in charge, you know, of X amount of Marines or anything like that. It was when I was freaking helping somebody work out. It was when I was having a heart to heart with someone, you know, just being a listening ear for them. It was when, you know, someone would call me freaking at a random hour because they done did something crazy and put themselves in a bad position. This is when I was platoon sergeant. They called me and they're like, hey, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to make it back in time in the morning for formation unless you come get me. You know, that's not the best call to get, you know, when it's two o'clock in the morning and you got to be at work at five. But you care. You know, those are your people. And so you get up, <laughs> you go get them, you let them know they got to pay for it. Not with money, but they're going to pay with some tears and some sweat later. But it's better than the alternative. 
But that's when I realized what my strength was, my purpose. You know, I help people. I feel my best when I'm able to provide something for someone else. And so, yeah, that's kind of how we came here. That's kind of what made three pillars make sense. That's where the whole mind, body and spirit thing started to, you know, gain strength. Um, I was talking to someone earlier or maybe it was yesterday, but I was talking to someone earlier and I was just reflecting on, you know, like what three pillars actually stands for and like how it makes sense for me. And like, I love working out. I love it. I love training. I love pushing myself to the edge, whatever that may be for that particular event and seeing what it is I'm made of. But beyond that, what I realized is when I became more determined in the gym, when I became stronger, when I became someone who was able to not only notice my own progress, but help other people achieve theirs. I noticed there was, you know, similarities between what I did in the gym to reach my goals and help others reach theirs and what I had to do in, you know, outside of the gym in my regular life to sit back and really sit back so I could step forward and reach towards whatever it is I was actually aiming for. And I realized that the lessons I learned in the gym were very applicable, you know, to real life. And so that's why when I do the podcast, I have so much to say. I mean, because all of us have life experiences. I know I'm kind of running right now. (laughs) All of us have life experiences. All of us have things that we can draw on and draw from and look back on and be like, yo, there was a point in time when I was in this situation and I had to really dig deep. I had to, you know, be patient. I had to focus. I had to help someone else get where they wanted to go. And by default, it helped me get where I wanted to go too. You know, I believe in things going full circle. Um, You may want to call it karma or whatever you want to call it. But for me, what's been the biggest thing going along with the idea of walking in my purpose is when I help other people get what they want, somehow or another, it ends up playing out that I get more of what I want to. And yeah, that's just been major for me. And so um, I know one of the podcasts I talked about purpose and purpose being attached to, uh, you know, something outside of yourself. So here recently, I, well, just a few seconds ago, I mentioned how I attached my purpose to being able to help other people. But then not only that, I took it one step further. And for me personally, it became not only about helping the people that I get the opportunity to work with, because I know that's a blessing in itself. It became more about providing impact that could be far reaching past my time. You know, that excites me more than anything. That's what I've attached my purpose to. I'm pretty sure I was just telling someone, maybe it was today, (laughs) that um, the money and the things that may come from whatever it is I achieve aren't the things that necessarily excite me. It's the impact that I get to have on the people in my family. You know, the people who saw me grow up and the people who will grow up after me hopefully providing a way and just, you know, an example that we don't have to do what we've always seen. We have the opportunity to do something different. And so that's what I've attached my purpose to. That is the thing that keeps me moving. That is the reason why initially when I started doing all this Facebook stuff, I was putting all these like intimidating, like aggressive, like if you're not going hard, you're not doing enough. You know, that was more for me than it was for anyone else. That was my reminder to keep going. That was my reminder that, you know, if I don't show up, I'm not only screwing myself, I'm screwing everyone who follows me, you know, and maybe that's something you can apply to yourself, too. I have no idea what it is you're working on, nor do I really have any idea who's really listening. But I'm sure if you, you know, look at yourself and you look at your life and if you look closely, there are people watching you, whether they admit it or not. There's someone looking at you as an example, you know, and again, attaching our purpose to things outside of ourselves. If you can't keep going for you, keep going for them.
So, yeah, that's a little bit more of my two cents. Let me see what's going on here. Yeah, so I'm really not sure what's going on. Like I said, um, I know she had another mastermind that she was attending to this evening. And I also know she's helping uh, a loved one in another situation. And so maybe there's some kind of circumstance that has you know arisen that's preventing her from actually attending. She's an awesome woman. She wouldn't just not show up if it was something she could control. So I have no doubts about that. But uh, yeah, again, if you get the opportunity, check out her website and... I mean, I could keep going on and on about this whole purpose thing because for me, it's major. You know, for me, it's, it's very major. Like I was thinking yesterday morning on my way to an appointment, I was very fortunate. Some of you are about to hear this and probably think that's not something to be very fortunate or considered fortunate. But I recently got a new client and they want to be at the gym at 530 in the morning. <laughs> and so for me, that means waking up at like four, three thirty, four o'clock. And let me tell you, that has not been the easiest thing, you know, like <laughs> I don't enjoy waking up there early. You know, it's not on my uh, list of favorites. But when I wake up there early and I realize that it's a blessing that I'm waking up there early, not only am I alive, but I'm alive and doing what I love. And I feel like that kind of feeling only comes when you're walking in your purpose. when you are actually doing what you've been called to do. I was listening to Big Shine. Uh, did I write it on the board? I didn't write it on the board. But um, he was pretty much talking about uh, if you wake up every day and you're able to do what you love during your free time, you're already living your dream. And I was thinking, like, I am definitely living mine. I am definitely living it. I mean, I imagined this life, you know, freaking now I could say years ago. <laughs> I imagined this life. Hey, I did enough talking and I bought us some time. All right. Let's see. Let's get her on here. Wait, wait. Hey, <laughs> I was running out of juice. I'm glad you came in. <laughs> I am so sorry to your audience. I, you know, we're on different time schedules, but I'm coming to your time zone. And as you can see, I'm driving. So I totally thought I had 50 extra minutes. Um, I was so excited to get there and like get ready and set up. So I'm going to turn on some lights and see if my, there we go. Make my lighting better. Is it better? Yes, ma'am. Okay, cool, 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 cool. And I'm gonna plug in here so that I can do that. So, okay, thank you, sir, for having me. And again, I apologize for my tardiness. That is so not like me for something like this. I know. I told everybody that already. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for covering me. Thank you for coming. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yes. All right. So I didn't go too in detail about who you are and what you do. I was hoping that you would. Oh, I think we just lost her again. We'll give her a couple of seconds to reconnect. All right, let's go ahead and get this off the screen. All right, let's try this again. Hey. There we go. I'm back. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Can you hear me? Hold on. Let's. There you go. Can you hear me? Yep. Can you hear me? I can now. I can now. I'm sorry. I hope my coverage lasts. If this, if, if we have to do a part two, I owe you a part two. So let me just get that out the way right now, okay? All right, awesome. Okay, so like, okay. okay, go ahead. All right, so I didn't really do too much of uh, telling everyone who you are and what you do. I was waiting for you so you could do that. So if you wouldn't mind giving people, you know, a little bit of your background and who you are, you know? 
Awesome. So I am Michelle Gibson and I am a speaker, trainer, coach, and I help people connect to their purpose. People connect to other people and people connect to profit. And I do that by helping them to discover more of who they are and rediscover who they are meant to be and then help them figure out how do I take that and then turn that into something that helps me be greater in the world. And so we walk through challenges. And so I do a lot of coaching individually. I do a lot of speaking around the country. And then I have a movement called the Unstoppable Connection. And in that connection, it is really empowering women to shine each other's crowns. But it goes to the kings in the world because my husband also handles the unstoppable men. And so we just really try to help each other see that together our superpower is connection. But our kryptonite is competition. So I'm excited Mm. to be here and thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for showing up. Thank you for coming. (laughs) So if you could, uh, you gave us a little bit about what it is you do. Could you explain to people your journey and how you've actually gotten to where you are? Absolutely. So I started out, um, I'll go back to, I've always been extremely talkative, right? You ask anybody in the family, they know I am the one, right? The party doesn't start till I get there. No, I'm just playing. But seriously, I I love people and I love to connect. And so um, at a very young age, I knew I was supposed to do something with it. I just didn't understand what that was. And so um, around about the age of 17, I entered into a pageant called the Miss Black Cincinnati pageant. And I ended up becoming Miss Black Cincinnati 19, and I won't tell you, but I will, 1989, (laughs) believe it or not. And um, after I won, I had to go speak at this church and I was so nervous and I had all my little cue cards in order. And right before I go up, I drop all the cards and I'm picking them up. I'm going to the stage because that also is a part of my personality. And so I drop everything. I'm picking them all up and I get them out of order. Mm. But I still go up there. I give this speech and let me tell you, it was the absolute worst speech I had ever given in my life. But it lit the fire that I was like, I've got to do this again. (laughs) I don't know how, but I need to do this again. I love this. And so I began to pursue, how can I do this as a profession? But I didn't know it was a thing at the time. So I went ahead and went to college. Um, I majored in accounting, believe it or not. And, you know, that's like pushing numbers and more quiet and reserved. But I also double majored in business, which I really love the marketing and the um, management aspect of it. And so when I got out of college, I had been working for an accounting firm for a long time. It was my internship. And it was like I I couldn't do anything with that. It was not who I was. So I went to graduate school. And I majored in adult and higher education. And when I came out of there, still didn't really know how to put all the pieces together because I believe God was still working my purpose in me. And so I ended up um, going to work for State Farm Insurance. First corporate job I'd ever had. And when I did it, actually, I stayed there for five years. And what threw me out of there was purpose called again because I knew that there was more for my life. And so when I did that, um, I actually, give me just a sec. Sorry. We're off. So sorry. Sorry. Travel. Sorry. Please forgive me. Um, so when I did that, I actually had an incident in the fifth year where I 
had a claim where a family died. It was a father and a mother. A young man was coming home from the University of Dayton, crossed over the lines and actually hit this father and mother head on. And the father and mother had been the same age as my parents at the time. And they had the same amount of children that my parents had. And it hit me so hard. And all I knew is that I could only give them the money. I could only take the claim and give them all the money that was in the claim, but I could not bring those parents back. And it hit me so hard. I knew that there was more for my life. Purpose started calling again. And I said, I have to get out of here. And so I ended up going over to Northern Kentucky University, working in the College of Business as an advisor and working in um, the career center over there too, and started teaching some basic classes and things. And um, that was when the light grew. And I'm like, oh, I could do this. In my capacity of advisor and teaching, I was actually speaking. And then it just hit. And, and and in between time, people would ask me to come speak all the time. So I enjoyed it, but I never really had a solid thought process behind it. So fast forward, um, I started, I moved to Tennessee, went to another university, same thing would happen. People all over the city would call me. I started speaking for a company called um, Monster Making Account. And then um, if you ever saw the monster job searching, um, mm-hmm. I got, so it was that company, um, yeah. I contracted with them. And then I contracted with another company called Rachel's Challenge. And then I also started per, um, my own company and my brand, Pursuing Purpose Passionately. How do you pursue it? Having the right people around you, having the right team and perspective and all of that. And so then fast forward, we're back to where I am now, which is this whole teaching and empowering women to be whom they are supposed to be and kings to be who they are supposed to be to take their rightful place. Awesome. Awesome. So I uh, went ahead and told everyone about like my encounter with you and I don't know if you even remember, it was a few years ago and we first sat down and we talked about like three pillars, but I don't even know if it was called three pillars yet. And you were sitting brainstorming with me and telling me all these different things. And immediately I didn't take any action right then. It had to serenade. It took me a little while for it to actually click. Uh, I just know I wouldn't be where I am today had you not spoken to me and like breathed that life into me at that point in time. Wow. I really, really appreciate you saying that because um, a part of who I am and what I do is... um, I'm like a purpose pusher and I am able to just, I think just by the grace of God, I'm able to take an idea that you tell me. And as you're talking to me, downloads just come and I can just shoot them out. And I hardly ever remember the complexity of what I'm saying. So I'm always saying, write this down, write this down. You know, we might not get it, but that's a part of it. And I think that connection that is with every single person. We have to have that type of connection with other people. Find out what your thing is. Like, I know that's my thing. And because I shared my thing with you, you were able to build your thing. And now look what you're doing. You're helping other people build their thing. And that's right. their mind, body, and their souls. Right. Yeah. Full circle. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, so could you tell us a little bit more about the Unstoppable Connection and its mission? Absolutely. So the mission of the Unstoppable Connection is to make sure that people who are connected to us understand that if you are going to be unstoppable, it requires you to realize that you already are. 
Like mm. you are created to be unstoppable. It is in our DNA. The only thing that stops us is when we experience life. Because think about this. We could wake up one day on, mo- on Monday morning. You have all your goals, no distractions. Things are going so good, right? And then all of a sudden, you know you're the bomb on Monday because you just did the thing. But then Tuesday and Wednesday comes, life happens, you get the phone call, something doesn't go right at work, something happens in the family, and you begin to look at other people, right? Whether on social media or around you, and you're like, I'm supposed to be further than I am right now, or whatever it is, we've all done it, right? And yet that right there causes us to feel like we are not unstoppable. And what it does is it causes us to get stuck. And so what I have created is I created a book called Get Unstuck and Become Unstoppable, because the first thing you have to do is realize that we all get stuck. But the quicker we can understand that there are strategies in which we use to become unstuck and get back to our unstoppable self, that's when we win. Everybody has it in us to win. And so that's what we really teach. Awesome. 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 So, uh, can you tell us more about how someone would, you know, before they even get to the point where they're starting to feel stuck, you know, and like they're unstoppable, how would they go about defining what their gift is and what their talent is? Like, how do they know what it is they should be bringing okay. and doing? Okay, that's good. So, so the first thing I think is important, and and let me know too, it, can you still hear me very clearly? Yes, ma'am. Okay, good, great. Um, So I think the first thing that a person has to do is to do an evaluation and an assessment of what could you do or what do you love to do that you would wake up doing every single morning, even if you didn't get paid for it. And you've heard that before, right? But one of the ways that you find that out is I believe it's important to sit down and go back to the first time when you were a kid that you can remember being happy, excited, really being energized and being good at something and then begin to draw the dots from that moment to your current life as to when has when did I love that? When was I good at that? And what stopped me from doing it now? Like what kicked me out of that place and then begin to decide what can I do with that now? How do I revive that? How do I bring that back into my life where I am actually able to make something out of it? It is the thing that burns inside of you so brightly that no one can turn you away from it. Even if they tell you, you're not good at that. You come from this family. You're not supposed to be able to do that. You don't even have the skill for that. Wait a minute. I've never seen anybody do that. It's every negative thing that you may hear. If you still have the fire within you that says, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. You know, that's a part of your purpose. Mm. And you don't even have to know how you use it yet. It's just important to begin to identify. So I think it's important to like write and journal all the things that you love. And I always tell my clients this, once you journal your top five things that you love, I want you to go back and put them back in order. Numbers one through five, meaning what's the one thing you would do first and then followed by the fifth one, because I believe that we're multidimensional. And so just because you are involved in one thing today, and this is where you really thought you were, who knows? There are other parts of your purpose that are supposed to be revealed later. For instance, you know, I, I'm a speaker and singer and all that. And 
my husband and I, we own a production company called Zone 8 Productions. We never wanted to do that. It was never. I was a singer, right? I, I didn't want to do this. But because I had a skill set that could bring people together, it caused me to be recognized or noticed on a national circuit. So, you know, I work with different shows like um, gospel shows like the Stellar Awards. I've done the Dove Awards, Country Music Awards. It's done some stuff with BET and all this. And so what happened was I didn't go looking for all of that. It came looking for me because I was available with a gift and began to hone that gift. And then when you fast forward now, like the pandemic created some opportunity where, you know, at my church, um, we didn't have everything set up for growing an online presence. But because I had skill and a heart, it was like I just walked in to help. And now we have a whole thing like I'm doing media and videos. I didn't ask for that. But what happens is when you are available with your purpose, it will open doors for you that you didn't see. Mm. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So once we decide or we define what our purpose is and we're able to actually identify what our gifts and talents are, how do we start to develop those things? Then you find out what's needed to be successful in it. Right. So I I believe education is so important, but I'm not necessarily talking about college. I'm talking about and I do. You know, I'm a strong proponent for college. Okay, so if that's where you need to go, fine. But you know what? There are also other things like there are people get a mentor. It is so important that you find people in your field that are doing it at a higher level than you. And then when you get a mentor, what what usually happens is that mentees want to come to the mentor and say, hey, can I pick your brain? Hey, will you help me get to the next level? But what they don't realize, and this is in career building, too, what people don't realize is that when you have a mentor, it has to be a two way street. Think about it. Their time is precious and valuable. And the one thing that you can do is look for a mentor who's doing it bigger than you, but look for a problem that they have that you can solve. Mm. And so when you start making those connections and you start calling, it's like, hey, um, I I saw that I met you at such and such. I saw that you're interested in such and such. And I just found out blah, blah, blah. Could I possibly meet with you to share with you a little bit more about it and how I can help you? And then when you get them there and it's like, hey, I really am, uh, am inspired by you, respect you, would love to see if there's an opportunity that, you know, you may be able to mentor me and work with me. A lot of mentors now are saying, well, how do you want me to mentor you? Because they don't have a lot of time. So they're looking for you to then tell them what that might look like. You have to have that already mapped out. It's a whole new game now, right? right. So that would be one thing. And then guess what? Another place to get amazing information about what you're interested in. My husband tells me this all, all the time. YouTube University. And that is how I, I learned, like recently this last year, learning this uh, program that I use for uh, editing and creating videos. And I knew nothing about it. But I went online to YouTube University and took a 20 minute course just to learn pieces of it. And then I go back and keep updating my knowledge base. And of course, because I live with a man who actually knows all of this stuff, I get to pick his brain, right? Right. I I won't say for free because I still have to cook for him (laughs) and everything, but you know, (laughs) it it comes with benefits. Right. right? (laughs) So, So get 
where you can to be exposed to the knowledge that you need. And then put yourself in position to be recognized. How do you do that? You connect with other people like what we're doing right here. It's like lending your knowledge out to other people now so that you can be exposed in that way too. And then it's getting yourself in position by investing in yourself, going to conferences that deal with, let's say for you, right? Going to conferences that deal with trainers for the latest and the greatest and getting trained on everything that you can so you can offer more to the people that you feel like you're called to, right? To help. And if you could do that, it's like when you're ready, the doors will come open. Does you know the saying that says when the te- when the student is ready the teacher appears? Mm-hmm. That is so true. Nancy Pelosi, rather whatever side you are on on the political spectrum, she has an amazing quote that I love that I've used for years, and she shared this with her children. She said, "Proper preparation prevents poor performance." Proper preparation prevents poor performance. When you prepare for what it is that you want, you end up being positioned to excel, to prosper. But when you don't, you have a poor performance. And digging yourself out of the hole of poor performance because it happens, right? All of us have, and everybody's not hitting threes every single day. So it happens. But you've got to be able to take the assessment and say, you know what? I I messed up on this one. But now let me have a bounce back spirit. What do I do now? Because it's easy to sit and wallow in the seat of sorrow, regret, and self-pity. But it is harder to get back up and say, I will not be defeated. And the way you do that is when we circle right back around. I do it even if I wasn't getting paid. I have a great mentor and I go back to that person. Right. Yeah. Oh, look, I heard that. You heard that quote from Les Brown. Yes, I love him, too. They all say say, that's so true. Right. They pull it from everywhere. And the point is, when you surround yourself with great people, you'll see those quotes. You'll see the same like greatness surrounds itself with greatness. It repeats itself and they share the same thing. And it goes back to that phrase. There is nothing new under the sun. (laughs) Right. Right. We're all create even the stuff that's not created yet, the thought of it is still out there. We just haven't seen it yet. And every single one of us, we have something that hasn't been seen that we're supposed to create and put it here, but it's still not new, right? I know that's so wild to think because it's already here. It's waiting on somebody to just bring it up. Right. <laughs> and when we bring it up, it's like, ah, I didn't think of that. And now it's something that's necessary. Man, you're dropping a lot of bombs, aren't you? Well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I love this stuff. I hope it's helpful. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, we spoke briefly about some uh, habit forming tips potentially that people could start putting into practice. Do you have those? Absolutely. Okay. So, the first thing I'm, I want you to do is think on this. The first habit is to build a better boat if your dream boat sets sail without you. That's a long one, but let me explain it. Build a better boat if your dream boat sets sail without you. That basically means this. As you're going along this life and you're really trying to discover your purpose, living your purpose, walking it, and suppose you thought, oh, I'm good at this. I'm supposed to do this. And you start going down that road. 
And all of a sudden, something shifts like a pandemic (laughs) that causes you to shift what you thought you were supposed to do. It can be demoralizing to have to pivot if you are not ready to pivot or don't know how to pivot. Building a better boat means, okay, that my dream boat, it set sail without me. It's not coming back. There's so many things in 2020 that we used to do that are not coming back, but there are better boats to build for the season that we're in. Mm. And that's what it pretty much means. And, you know, um, I, I always tell the story that when I first moved to Tennessee, it's been 17 years. Everybody back home was like, oh, yeah, you know, you got to go to you know, it's Music City. You're going to go down there. You're going to record music and this, that and the other. And I even thought we were going to come down here and uh, do it, too. Yes, pivot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought we were going to do it, too. But if I had come down here to Nashville and start, started singing and performing, and creating, I had no idea about the business aspect. And so I would have probably gotten taken taken advantage of. I kind of learned a whole lot. My husband and I can't take, I can't even take half the credit, but you know, we learned about all this stuff and then thus opened the door for us to create this production company. It was a better boat because I realized one thing I always used to say, if I get out there and I start singing and something picks up, I don't want to be, I love Kurt Franklin. Okay. So I was like, I don't want to be as famous as Kurt Franklin. I just want to be as influential and as wealthy. <laughs> Cause right. I want to walk down the street and my children, you know, they were little at the time. I want them to be able to walk down the street and nobody's accosting us. Even though I love people, I want to have some family time. Right. So that was right. a big thing for me. Well, what happens is now when I'm working on these shows, I work with Kurt Franklin, Franklin a lot. He knows me, calls me Michelle A. But he doesn't know me, know me, right? He right. knows me because I perform a service behind the scenes to make sure that when I am in his presence, everything he needs to do goes well. My team works well for him. I love now, I didn't realize it, working behind the scenes. I don't want to be what they call on the chick, the chitlin circuit, like having to do shows all the time in order to stay relevant. That's not me anymore. Yeah. So what does that mean? A better boat had to be built because my dream boat sailed away. And I'd had that dream boat since I was four years old. So sometimes you've got to pull away and that's hard to do. So that's one habit. The second habit that I would tell you is that we've got to check our routines. Everybody needs to have a routine because routines help us to progress, help us to know where we are, and it helps us to continue to um, make change in our lives, right? But sometimes our routines can go rogue. And that means they no longer wake you up in the morning. They um, make you sad. Like, really, I remember when it was time for me to leave State Farm, I would get so sad having to go there. And at the time, like, sometimes my husband would drive me to work and I would cry before I got out of the car because I just didn't want to go in there. And it wasn't the people. It was just, I knew I wasn't supposed to be there. And so then I'd get out of the car, put my game face on, go do work, come home. I'm glad to get home, right? My routine, it began to get rogue. And there's something you can do about that. I had this thing called the routine pie. And basically what it is, is that you take your routine. Generally, there's eight areas of our lives that we have a routine in. Like we have a wake up routine. We have a sleep routine. We have a workout routine. We have a eating routine, a work routine, a financial routine, um, a mental and emotional health routine, and then a spare, spiritual routine. 
All right. So you take all of those and you write each of those subjects in a circle pie, eight piece of pie, right? A whole pie with eight slices. And you put each one of those in it. When you put each one in it, you then write a number, one, two, three, four, five, or whatever it is. What is your routine like for that? So if it's your sleep routine, right? I just started reading uh, Miracle Morning. And it's a um, book that kind of talks about how you change your morning to be more productive. So I started saying, okay, I'm getting up as I was getting up at 630. I said, I'm getting up at six. My goal is to eventually get up at 530 so that I can do more. But I do a lot between 630 and 10. Like it's not the military, John. (laughs) I do my fair share. Okay. (laughs) so so you know the morning uh, miracle morning talks about how you do this and so for my morning routine now like really it's i get up um i i start every day off because i'm a person of faith so i start everything day off with prayer and devotion and then i get up and then i go um to do my workout well right before that um i i'm working on investing and all this so i i study that or i study something else that i'm really interested in and that's like it by that time it's eight o'clock and so then i go work out at nine and for nine after nine ten o'clock i go get dressed right because i work from home right so i can set my hours so i go get dressed i fix my breakfast and then i head up to my office so from 11 a.m. generally to about 8 p.m. just depends. Some days I get up at six. I then go to work, and that even has a routine. But what I just showed you was my morning routine. It excites me, but my evening routine, oh, I'm in the process of changing that. Okay, because right. I can get off of work. And because I work for myself, sometimes I won't get off on time. And so then that pushes everything. I want to read at night. I want to just sit down and relax. Maybe I want to watch Netflix. But when I don't give myself time, I lose it. And the thing that I do is everybody needs to understand their TTWs, which are their total time wasters. And I know one of mine every single day is I'm a news junkie. And I mean, I go from left, right, middle, and end. I mean, it doesn't even matter. I just love watching news. And so I noticed that I will go on my phone and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. And, and, and an hour has passed, an hour and a half. So where I said I was going to go to bed at such and such time to get up in order to get up fresh at six, it doesn't happen. So that's a rogue routine. So what you do is take this, your eight pieces of your routine and you write down what is involved in each one of those slices, the steps involved in them that you do. And then you look at them and you decide, okay, which ones of these still excite me? Like my morning routine does, my workout routine does, my cooking does. That self-care sucks, okay? So then I take another piece of paper and I create another pie. And this time it has larger slices because it has fewer slices. Because Mm. the only thing that's inside of that one are all the routines that are rogue. And then I write what's rogue and then I write how I'm going to change it. Now I have a roadmap that I can begin to start using to change those routines. And what I always suggest is don't do it all at one time. You need to, if you have four pieces of your, four, four parts of your routine that you don't like, pick one for this month or one for this week. And once you get a good system going, then add another one. Because if you try to do all of them at the same time, it will be overwhelming. So I'll leave you with that. I'll leave you with those two uh, habits. Better vote and check your routines. Awesome. 
Awesome, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Interview. You know, I, I had to stop, and I'm so sorry you're hearing that. They agree with me. The horns. Can you hear the horns? Yeah. Yes, I'm at a gas station. That's the applause. Yes. <laughs> I owe you a second interview. I will. I will give you a second. One. Okay. It's like All right, awesome. good in this. <laughs> Well, I really do appreciate you coming on. And you dropped a lot on us, definitely. Awesome. Awesome. You're very, very welcome. I'm grateful. Awesome. And I went ahead and included your website in case people want to reach out to you. They sure can. Absolutely. And and that website, when you get on there, there would be um there's a little place where you can put your email there. And then we'll reach back out to you, too. If you want more information from us, you can. Uh, we also have, if you want to follow me on Facebook, you can do that, too. And on Instagram, um, under both my names, you know, Michelle Gibson. I mean, I have one name, but same name both places. <laughs> if you are a lady and you want to join the connection because we're having fun out there, it's the Unstoppable Connection, and it's a private Facebook group. Awesome, awesome. I'll make sure I go back and put that in the comments. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I don't want to help you held up at the gas station too long. Hey, that's all right. I owe this to you. So I'm so grateful for your audience for waiting. I'm so grateful for your grace for me tonight. And we will do this again if you allow me because it's been fun and I owe you. All right, awesome. I appreciate it. I'm going to hold you to that one. <laughs> Please do. Please do. Yes, all right. Take it easy. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Didn't want to keep her on too long. I know she had to get out of there. Um, I hope you guys really enjoyed it. I really hope you guys really enjoyed it. But, uh, yeah, that's all we got. I'll make sure I pass that on to her. But, uh, yeah, that's all I have for you guys. As always, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your attention. I really do appreciate it. And keep pushing your greatness away. If you really did enjoy it, please feel free to leave a review on whatever platform you're currently listening to this on, and tell your friends about it. I'm sure they will enjoy it too. Don't forget to stop by and check out Michelle Gibson's personal webpage that is listed in the uh, comments down below. And also feel free to stop by and pay any of my websites to visit. All right, I'd love to hear from you and perhaps meet you. Until then, keep pushing. Your greatness awaits.